What's going on, Freedom Coaches? Michael Kittinger here, back with another episode of the Freedom Through Coaching podcast. Today, I'm super excited to have Tom Sylvester on the show as a special guest. So Tom is a co-founder of Lifestyle Builders, a coaching and training company that helps entrepreneurs build their businesses to create more impact with their customers and more freedom in their lives. Over the past 15 years, Tom's helped thousands of business leaders and their teams create more success. Uh, this has ranged from Fortune 500 companies to startups. Also during this time, Tom, Tom has honed and refined his philosophies, models, and strategies for growing entrepreneurial businesses. Tom and his wife share their philosophies and guidance for entrepreneurs on their Lifestyle Builders podcast, their upcoming book called Lifestyle Builders, Build Your Business, Quit Your Job, and Create Your Ideal Life, as well as through their coaching and consulting programs. I'm super excited to have Tom on the show. So let me cue the intro, and then we will dive right into the, into the episode. Welcome to the Freedom Through Coaching Podcast, where we help you leverage the power of coaching programs to bring freedom to your life. If you're a coach, course creator, or other type of knowledge expert, and you want to build or grow a successful group coaching program, then you've come to the right place. Now here's your host, Michael Kittinger. All right, welcome everybody. I'm here with Tom Sylvester, and uh, Tom is, and his wife have just an amazing, amazing story. And uh, I appreciate Tom you being on the podcast, man. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, man. So for for those who aren't uh, aren't as familiar with this movement you guys are creating, kind of share a little bit about your backstory and how you got to to this point where you're at now. Absolutely. So we'll actually start with where we're at now. So uh, my wife and I both have been able to leave our jobs. Uh, we run three very different businesses, a real estate investing business, a wine and liquor store, and a coaching and consulting business for entrepreneurs. And those businesses have really allowed us to create the life and control when and how we work and when and how we spend time with our family. And so it didn't always look like this. Uh, we actually met the very first day of college. And as we were getting ready to graduate, I had a degree in computer science. She had a degree in zoology. And I started looking ahead and I said, you know what? I don't want to be in a cubicle for the next 45 years developing software and having somebody else control my time. And so I set a goal to quote unquote retire by 35 and then basically set out to make that happen. And uh, my wife was not on board at all. And so it, uh, I kept trying to start a business. She kept saying no. And it kind of came to a head about nine months before we got married. I went to this real estate investing seminar and ended up spending about $7,500 on this real estate investment training. Uh, at that point, we were about $200,000 in debt. Uh, we were nine months away from getting married. And I had put it on uh, one of the, or actually two of the high interest credit cards that we had because we didn't have cash for it. Yeah. And then I realized afterwards I had to tell her that. And so one- Like welcome um, to marriage, spend, right? Yeah. Yeah. One, you know, if you're listening, don't spend all this money without talking to your spouse. Um, but out of that, a lot of tough conversations came up and ultimately what we figured out was that we had to really get aligned on what we wanted out of our lives and how we thought we were going to get there so that we could then intentionally work towards creating that life. And um, it was that shift that really then allowed us to build each of our businesses that then allowed us to leave our jobs and have the freedom that we do now. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm, 
I know we're focused on the coaching, but I mean, computer science uh, degree for you and zoology, is that right? Yep. I mean, that, yep. that alone tells me you guys have a little bit different uh, personalities and mindsets. Absolutely. And, and you know, that was a big challenge all the way through because I am a big picture thinker. I'm a fast start, like, but I'm terrible at finishing things. And on the flip side, she doesn't think big picture, but she's very detail oriented and um, she wants everything to be perfect. So it was a huge challenge of initially working together until we realized that we're the complete opposite and we actually help each other where we have our weaknesses. So it's actually worked out really well, but it's been challenging to figure that out. Oh, that's funny. And the, uh, it really sounds very similar to kind of my situation. My wife's a pharmacist. I mean, makes lists, will laminate the lists, will, you know, I mean, super, and I love her to death. And I mean, our family would not run without that kind of, you know, because if like, I don't even know what, what you know, what kids activities are going on or whatever. I'm more, like you said, I mean, very similar to you. I, I love starting projects and uh, you know, I get to about the 85% completion and I'm like, okay, on to the Good next, on to the next. <laughs> it drives her crazy because uh, she's got to check it off the list. But uh, no, very interesting, very interesting. You know, I think having been both in the corporate world, uh, transitioned to the entrepreneurship world, my dad was self-employed. You know, a lot of people see the kind of the self-employed being an entrepreneur as this like glamorous lifestyle and it can be right. But it's also, especially when you're starting out or making that transition, it's almost like you, you trade one job for another, right? If you're not careful, you're going to find yourself working all the time, getting burnt out. You know, I mean, I know tons of entrepreneurs who went through divorce, who went through, you know, or, or at least marital problems, health, you know, health issues. I mean, um, so I, I've got two goals. I'm 38. I've got two goals before I'm, uh, before I turn 40 here, but one of them is health related because it, I, I really neglected my, my health and working out for at least the past couple of years as I've been trying to build these businesses and everything. So I think what you guys are doing where it, it's almost a, have the end in mind, have what you want your lifestyle to look like. And then let's work on developing what kind of business, or structuring your business to accomplish that goal. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's such a key thing that most people miss. And um, it's funny, like when, uh, like when we work with clients, um, we always talk about Sam. And actually in our book, we talk about Sam. And Sam is this entrepreneur that has an idea. He's like you and I, right? Just wants to build that business to give him the life of freedom. And Sam just jumps in and does it. And what we've seen, you know, both ourselves and watching these Sams all over the place is that, we get so tied up into the business that we don't think about what is the business leading towards. And that's a very dangerous situation to be in because every opportunity seems good. You want to say yes to everything and you want to start everything. And the challenge is we either don't finish anything and don't get to where we want to be or because we haven't defined what that's ultimately going to mean for our lives and our family, we just keep going bigger and bigger. You hit that goal of like making 10,000 a month. Well, now you want to make 20 a month and now you want to make 50 a month. And so it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And it's almost like you don't know where to stop and it ends up taking away from your lifestyle rather than enhancing it. So we always tell people it's like a GPS, just like you said, you're defining the vision. Where do you want to be the destination? You're looking at the starting point. Where are you at today? And then what you want to do is build a roadmap. And that roadmap is going to guide you, 
But the key thing you've got to do is consistently check in and say, am I still on track? If I am, great, let's keep going. If I'm off track, now I got to do what the GPS does and say like redirect, right? Yeah. And that's the challenge a lot of people don't do is that they're not being very intentional with where they want to go and then checking in and adjusting along the way. Because as we know, life happens, you know, uh, things change in our country and it might affect your business. The market might change. So it's important to understand where we're going and to constantly check in and adjust as we're on our path to get there. I love it. And it's not that you can't, uh, change what you want your destination to look like, but it's that you're aware of that and you're very intentional you know, because I think that's kind of, it, it's not necessarily a black or white either or. Like you set a destination and you have to hit that destination and, you know, make no course adjustments or whatever. But it, that's almost as dangerous as not having any destination, right? I mean, you, you got to be able to adjust, but it's giving you those, those um, kind of the, the guardrails, if you will, knowing when you're off course because otherwise yeah if you're not if you don't know where you're going you're going to wind up anywhere absolutely and what we found too is when we first ask people like what their vision is or what they want their life to look like a lot of people kind of look like deer in the headlights they're like well i don't know i just know i want something different <laughs> and so when we've analyzed the responses that people have given we found they fall into like four categories and uh the first two are the things that people want so the house you want, the car you want, whatever material possessions there are. And then the second one is our experiences. Like I want to take my family on a two vacations a year. Mm -hmm. And most people tend to focus on that first because at the beginning, we're all in this survival mode. And when I say survival, it's just like, I just want to make enough money to take care of my family. I want to be able to take care of our lifestyle and make sure we're good. And as entrepreneurs, this funny thing happens that you grind so hard and you, you work to make it to make it work. And when you finally get to that point where you got yourself covered, we kind of get to this lost point where it's like, well, I was working so hard to take care of my family and now they're taken care of. So like, what's my, you know, mission now? Mm -hmm. And we found that it's the other two categories that people talk about, but they don't focus on as much initially. And that's the relationships that you have in your life and the impact that you're having. And this is where you shift from just survive mode into thrive mode. And this is where you start not just defining your legacy, but actually living it because now you've taken care of yourself and you're out helping other people and making an impact. I love that. Yeah. And that, I mean, you and I both experience it. We see it. I mean, yeah, it's, it, uh, it, you're definitely in survival mode <laughs> when you're starting out. And it's interesting because, um, I know, um, Russell Brunson's talked about this recently on some of his podcast episodes. I know a bunch of entrepreneurs where it's kind of like they hit all those checklists, you know, or the things on their checklist they want to do when they quote unquote made it. And then, yeah, they really are just as lost as before they got started because it's like now they don't feel like they have purpose. They don't feel, you know, like what's the next thing? I mean, there's only so many cars you can buy or so much house or what have you. So that's really, that's interesting. So speak more about now, because I know you guys are, are, have you published the book or, or are publishing or where's? Yep. So, so the book's written, uh, we actually have copies of it. Uh, it'll come out in October 29th of 2019. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. And so uh, how kind of explain, walk through how that then leads into, you know, your coaching program, your, how it kind of all ties together. 
Absolutely. So, you know, when we started our coaching program, I actually had spent several years doing corporate consulting. And so I was traveling four or five days a week all across the country working with these large organizations. And um, it was when we had kids and when we were doing one of those like, uh, you know, redirection meetings <laughs> that we said, you know, is this the life that we want to live? And the answer was no. Like I was away four or five days a week. And what we said was, no, it's not. So we made a redirection. I left the corporate consulting and got into really working with entrepreneurs. And so what was amazing was that I was able to then help the very people that were running into situations we had. Like, how do you start the business? How do you grow it and allow you to leave your job? The challenge was I tended to work with entrepreneurs that were making at least $100,000 a year. So that was the point where I could really help them scale and put systems in place and eventually hire a team, become a better leader. Like that was amazing. But part of my calling was I really wanted to help those newer entrepreneurs and the people that were maybe building a business and doing okay, but they were neglecting their life. Like I wanted to go against that hustling grind mentality that everyone has out there. And so what was cool was because we had been able to build our successful businesses, we could then go back and put out a very low cost product to help people get started and guide them on their journey. So the book for us is really that way for when we meet somebody or when somebody says, I don't want to spend $7,500 like Tom did to get started. How do I get started for very low cost and have a step-by-step -step guide? And so like, we're really excited to be able to get the book out because for us, like our podcast and our book are the ways that we get to impact a lot of people. Like with our coaching, we go deep with a lot fewer people, but the book allows us to be able to impact a lot of people. And then when people read that, like we teach and we coach on the same stuff that's in the book. So if they like what they hear, now they can come listen to the podcast and eventually enroll in one of our programs. Oh, that's, I love it. So kind of as a, almost a feeder funnel, if you will, a, you know, great way to do that. Um, yeah. And it's interesting. People keep thinking they have to come up with new content every time they, they take it to a different medium, but people will pay different amounts for the same content, content presented in, in different manners. So um, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, well, the coaching is more the accountability and that direct access. It's not that all of a sudden you're, you're, you're holding things out on the book that it's just, it's a little more intimate, a little more one-on-one. -on -one. Absolutely. And you know, just to that point, that's a really important um, thing for coaches and consultants to hear. You know, there's some uh, guidance out there that says like, hold back some information, give people a little bit, and then they got to buy for the program my belief is a complete opposite. Give everything away and you're going to one impact a lot more people, which is most of our missions. Anyways, we want to help more people. And for the people that want more support and guidance, they're going to come and they're going to be the ones that pay you. So I'm a firm believer in, in not holding stuff back. If your mission is to truly help and change the lives of people, why would you do anything that would prevent you from being able to do that? So if you're truly living that mission, people are going to come and pay you money. Well, and I think it's different today than even 15 years ago. And I use, and this is maybe the worst analogy ever, but, <laughs> you know, with Google and YouTube, in terms of pure information, there's not much out there that you can't find, right? I mean, I tell people all the time, like, I, I, can, I can watch a YouTube video on how to change the oil in my car. That doesn't mean I'm going to go change the oil in my car, right? Like, I'm happy to pay for somebody else's expertise to get my car or keep it running smoothly. Um, it, it's, you know, yeah. It, it, 
Yeah, I you know, I agree. If you want to impact lives, uh, give it away, give it away, give it away, give it away, give it away for free. And the ones, you know, one, we both know, I mean, think about how many people buy courses and never make it through it. And then mm -hmm. a smaller amount implement. It's not the information that's holding people back typically. I mean, it, it is the, the implementation and the accountability. And with that comes the, and this is where probably one of my biggest um, pitfalls has been and continues to be, although I'm getting a little better, is the whole shiny object. A hundred percent. I mean, because, especially when you're starting out and you feel like, okay, I've got to get cash coming in the, in the door. It, it's almost like you, you start grasping for air. You just start reaching out, trying to find anything. Whereas if you get extremely, I think extremely focused on who you want to serve, they will find you. You just got to keep consistently put your message out. And I think too many people give up too soon before they start getting that traction and kind of building that credibility. Absolutely. And it's so funny that you just talked about buying all the courses because I just put a post on Facebook about this. And um, I, I, had, I have clients all the time that are like, you know, well, which of these courses that I bought should I finish? Or we'll do it like an audit and they're spending like hundreds of dollars a month on tools and they're not using them. And um, oh, that, was, that, that was me for two years. I, I will freely admit <laughs> I spent way too much money on tools, courses, apps, you know, App sumo deals, thinking that oh, yeah. that was the thing that was going to get my breakthrough. Yeah, and you know, like that's part of the challenge is it's not a lack of information; it's actually information overwhelm. And uh, what we found is two things in most cases: one, you want to simplify because complexity just adds more cost and, and drains you. So you want to simplify what you're doing, what your business model looks like, all the stuff you have around you, simplify. And then two, we, we facilitate a strategic planning process for all of the people that we work with. So every 90 days, reflecting on what worked, what didn't work, setting goals for the next 90 days, breaking those goals down into projects. And then what we ask them is, what barriers are in the way and what training or support or tools do you need to overcome those barriers? And now that becomes the filter for where you invest your resources. So rather than AppSumo deal coming up and you're like, oh, I need that. Now you come back and say, does this fall in line with the current problem that I face and going to help me solve it? And if the answer is no, you don't look at that anymore. And that's been the biggest thing for people because now when you buy a course, or when you buy a book, you read the book, you implement it, it helps you solve the problem and helps you get to your goal. That's where most people are struggling is because they're letting kind of the market in the world tell them what they need instead of saying, this is what I need now and I'm going to go find the thing I need. It, uh, it, it really is almost like just in time learning. Yes, I mean, absolutely. I, I, was, I remember when I started my entrepreneur journey about three years ago, reading how to scale to a million dollars when I hadn't gotten my first dollar in revenue, you know, dollar in, and it was like, wait a second, this, you know. Yeah, you know, like I, it's funny, I'll, I'll talk to people and we'll kind of, we'll go through their goals and we'll lay out a plan and they're like, well, Tom, what about this thing? And I'm like, that's like four steps ahead of where you are now. Like that might not even happen. We'll deal with that when it comes up, but the challenge you have right now is this. So let's focus all our attention on solving this problem. Yeah, very true. So kind of walk me through what is your coaching program look like? Because you yep. mentioned the 90 days, I think is what you just said. And then you review and you, so, I mean, kind of walk us through like the structure and the length and how, how that came to be or how, you, you know, how you decided on that. 
Yep. So uh, it was a lot of trial and error. It was uh, it initially started with just one-on-one coaching. And through working with a lot of different entrepreneurs, uh, we essentially established the model that we use. So um, our coaching has like four phases. So the foundations is getting your goals in place, getting your money and time in place, getting your mindset in place, all the stuff that people skip. Then stage one is the incubator. So this is for people that don't have a business yet or haven't started making sales. So we help them go through and figure out what do I have expertise in? Um, who is my market? What is the messaging? What's the initial product? And get that launched and start making sales. Then the next phase is the accelerator because now you've proven the problem you're trying to solve first is that people will pay me money. Mm-hmm. Now you've got people to pay you money and the problem is you have feast and famine. You're not consistently getting people to pay you money. So you need to build a marketing and sales engine. So our accelerator program focuses on that and gets consistent money coming in. And then the problem you run into is now that you've got consistent sales coming in, you're overwhelmed. And in order to scale, it takes more of your time. So what you then want to do is put systems and team in place so that you can scale the business without it taking over more of your time. So that's kind of the progression that we take people through. But to your point, everything's focused on 90 days because every 90 days we should be setting those goals and then working towards achieving them at whatever phase we're at in that journey. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of have a similar structure with the foundation and then there's kind of five components of it. Uh, but on the scaling, I call it automation and outsourcing, uh, you know, whether that's to internal team members or you bring on VAs and the likes, but yeah, the only way that you can, you can scale is you've got to duplicate yourself without you having to, to be involved. I mean, uh, absolutely. Otherwise, you're going to be working 100 hours a week, and we, we know where that leads to. So, um, yep. interesting. So, for somebody who wants to get into, into coaching, and, you know, they've got the concept, but you and I both know it's that, make, I'll call it making the first sell, right? What, having worked with a lot of coaches and entrepreneurs, what are kind of just a couple quick tips on, on making that first sell? Because that's always so, the hardest, right? It's always the first one that's the hardest. I mean, for if you're listening yep. to the podcast, you know, Tom's been there, I've been there, like a lot of people, it may take weeks or months to make that first sell, get that validation, and then it starts snowballing typically. But what are some tips that you have for, for really making that first sell? Yeah, so I'll, I'll just echo your point. It, that first sale is challenging. And what I tell people is it's kind of like a puzzle because there's all these, in order to make that first sale, there's all these pieces you have to put together. You know, you have to know who it is that you want to help. You have to know the top problems that they're facing. You have to know where to find them. You have to know what pain they're in, what their desired outcome is, and how you can work them through that pain. You have to know what the solution is, and you have to be able to sell that. So there's a lot of pieces there. So a couple tips. Number one, do not quit your day job. I see so many people that are so excited to start their business or they hate their job that they leave. And here's what happens. That day job, even if you hate it, that's supporting you and your family right now. That's giving you stability to be able to create your business without having this pressure on you. And I've seen it time and time again, when somebody quits their job, Now they don't build their business in the way they want to. When they're on a sales call, they're worried about making the sale and they totally blow it. So one, don't quit your day job. Two, 
spend a little bit of time really figuring out who it is that you want to help and go and talk to them. Talk to them online. Go figure out where they congregate in real life and talk to them because what you want to do, you might have an idea of what your product or service will be. What you want to do is just talk to them and prove or disprove your assumptions because one of the biggest mistakes we make is that we think we know what people want. <laughs> We go and spend a bunch of time and money creating it, and then we struggle to sell it because our assumptions were wrong. Yeah. No, that's a great, uh, great point. I mean, I know even before I got into coaching, even though I'd done different forms of coaching, um, when I was getting ready to, to kind of launch this new, this new venture, I mean, I probably talked to, I think it was about 22 or 23 coaches. And it's interesting, and probably you may even recommend talking to more than that, but I certainly recommend at least 15. But as you talk to people, your ideal client, you'll start seeing the same two or three recurring frustrations and pain points. And you just got to keep kind of digging in and don't take that first surface level answer. Um, but yeah, that it, it's funny how, how often we think we know what our clients pain points are. And then you get into it and you're like, even if you, even if you're on the right track, you may phrase it differently where it just falls flat, right? If you use different terminology and you try to go out and sell it, they're going to look at you like uh, that. It, it doesn't resonate. So, mm -hmm. well, it, and here's the thing. So let's assume, which is never the case, but let's assume that we did know everything they needed part of talking to all these people isn't just to better understand them. It's to start them, warm them up and build rapport. Because like if you're a coach or any sort of service provider, your first set of clients are going to come from these people that you talk to. So like, I'll just share a, a recent client. Uh, she had been doing services and she wanted to like launch a course. And so uh, I think her numbers were, she talked to 39 people on the phone or she talked to 39 people out of that 19 said that they were interested if she came out with something out of that nine people bought what she came out with, which was like a $2,000 course. And out of that five of those people she knew would be good for the next round. So that's just like, and it's all different. Some people have to talk to a hundred people. Some people have to talk to 10. So it's, it's how warmed up and how well positioned you are with your network. But that's the other thing people don't realize is when you have those conversations, if you hit on the pain points and if people trust you, your first clients are going to come from that first group of people you talk to. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting when you mentioned a second ago, um, don't quit your day job. Right. And I think that's so true, especially in this, there's so many gurus and a lot of them I respect and, you know, but they talk about like burn the, burn the boats and <laughs> lean in and go all in. And, you know, now there is something to be said when your back is truly up against the wall, like it's that whole um, survival mode kicks in. And I do believe that you will find a way to survive, but why put yourself in that position to begin with? Yeah. You know, and everyone has to know themselves. So for example, my situation, I had a wife, I had two kids and it wouldn't have been responsible for me to leave a job without either having my income replaced or having the majority of it replaced and having a path to replace the rest of it. That's just not being responsible as a father, as a husband. Um, but what we've experienced is most people are better off when they've got stability 
and they can build their business and go through the ups and downs and the failures that are come, there's a small portion of people that truly do do best when their back's against the wall. Even with that, you want to be smart about it because it's going to take longer than you think. You know, it's going to be more expensive and take more time than you think. Um, so like one of the things we do uh, when we help people leave their jobs is we have this, what we call a runway calculator. And essentially, if you think about it, you've got a certain income that you have to pay every month. And when you leave a job, you usually have to also pay for insurance and some of these other costs you don't realize. <clears throat> so let's just say it's 5,000 a month. When you go to leave a job, your business now has to replace that income. And so we'll just use some quick rule of thumbs. Uh, let's say you pay yourself 50% of what your business makes. So if you're going to have to pay $5,000 a month to cover your personal expenses, your business has to make $10,000 a month. So we can run some math and basically say, based on your savings and based on how much your business is making, how many months can you run before you run out of money? And so when we run people through this activity, it now gives them this new sense of, holy crap, I can only run for three months and I've got to make the business work to make 10,000. But if I stay in this business longer or if I stay in my job longer, I actually could run for much longer and not have as much pressure to have to make it work. So it comes down to a decision for everybody. What we find though is laying the scenarios out and being intentional about the scenario and knowing yourself to say, what's going to work best for me? Yeah. And even try to go part-time rather yes. than fully lose that income and everything. I mean, a lot of times companies nowadays will either let you, you know, work out a part-time, some sort of arrangement or work from home one or two days or depending on your, your job, obviously, but uh, no, great advice right there. So, yeah, and well, I was gonna say, and, and to that point too, like if you don't like your job, that's not a reason to become an entrepreneur. You know, that can be part of your drive, but you know, not liking your job doesn't automatically mean being an entrepreneur. So if you don't like your job, first off, look to get a different job. Look to do something you like. And what I always tell people is you can find a job that actually gives you skills for your business. So I started out as a software developer and I got into like project management. When I, when I left that job, I could have became a coach and work with entrepreneurs right away. What I chose to do is go work for a consulting company so I could learn skills and get paid to learn how to become a consultant so that one, we made more money and it gave us a longer runway. Two, when I eventually did leave my job, I had all these skills that I could then apply to my business. Yeah, great, great advice right there, Tom. So for, if people want to connect with you, social media, learn more about the book, about your coaching programs, where can they go to find more information? Absolutely. So we have a website, tomandariana.com. And uh, that's essentially our home base for everything we have going on. You can uh, find our podcast, you can find our book, you can find our coaching programs and uh, everything that we're up to there. Perfect. And I'll put the, a link to the site in the, the podcast notes. Uh, so it'll be down below if you're listening or when you're listening to this. So Tom, I appreciate you, you being on here and the value you bring. Um, any, any final kind of thoughts or anything for the listeners? Yeah. You know, be intentional. Uh, so many people that aren't successful, if you look at what they say they want to achieve and the actions they're taking, the reason they're not successful is because they're not aligned. So if you know where you want to go and you take intentional decisions every day to get there, you will get there. But it's the people that have a disconnect there and don't realize it that are constantly grinding, constantly struggling, and then wondering why they're not able to make it work. So just be intentional with your actions. I love that. And that I could not agree more with that as somebody who was not intentional for uh, <laughs> quite a while. Um, it, uh, and you feel like you're, 
you're, you feel like you're busy, but you're not getting anywhere. Right. So, you know, it's all about doing the right effort consistently to get you to your goals. So Tom, I appreciate you being on here, man. And, uh, all the value you brought. And again, the, if you want to connect with Tom, there's more information down in the show notes below. Tom, I appreciate it. And we'll talk to you later. Absolutely. Thank you so much.